Welcome to the Speak Pack Podcast, where high-performing speakers and the producers who hire them merge to give you the insider secrets to the lucrative speaking industry. Antonia Rose, your podcast host and celebrated speaker agent, unveils insider success strategies. Discover a nexus of thought leaders and bookers maximizing your potential in each and every episode. Your ticket to ultimate speaking success begins right here. Catch the transformative insights waiting for you on the Speak Packed podcast, hosted by the industry powerhouse herself, Antoniette Rose. Welcome, welcome back to Speak Packed. Today, I am super thrilled to have Daryl Stinson with us. He is a former Division I pro athlete. He is a best-selling author, a two-time TEDx presenter, and he is just, his journey is incredibly inspiring. And what he has done with what could have been deemed as a big mess at one season of his life is just profound, the impact that he's making in, in other people's lives. So before we dive into all of that, I just want to say welcome, Daryl, and thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a great ride. All right. So tell me a little bit about, I know that your focus, number one, is supporting those who are struggling with mental wellness, right? Um, it's just one of several things that you do, and you've and you've taken that to the stage in a pretty powerful way. Can you just take us to the beginning and tell us a little bit about why that's an important topic for you and what are some of the main messages that you get out there on the stage? Yeah, uh, man, mental health is an important topic to me because I think if a person isn't mentally well, it affects all areas of their life. And there's a spectrum of mental wellness. Um, there's like a crisis spectrum, like a person that was in maybe a phase like I was, where I was really low depressed, suicidal ideations, drug abuse and use, and a lot of misaligned living, compromising my values, not living authentically to who I really am in life. All that stuff causes greater emotional overwhelm. And with... Um, oh, pull me back into the, I, I was going, I was going deep. I was going deep. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving it. What role does being authentic play in yeah, yeah. mental stability? That's a good, that's a good thing. It's like, it's a big, huge role because when I'm overwhelmed emotionally, a lot of things that helps me to resolve that overwhelm, to lighten that burden is to gain clarity over what it is that's bothering me emotionally. Yeah. And when people just don't know what it is and they're like, well, it's this, but they say it's the relationship, but they know that this is the third relationship. Or they say that it's the classes that they're in, but they know that uh, they're doing six hours of, you know, drinking or, or I don't know, binge watching some show that they know is just not, a, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just not a effective use of their time. Like they, they know within themselves that there's an area where they could be doing something different. So they know it's not actually about, say, the relationship or the financial situation or even the grief or the loss. Sometimes it's about, man, I don't feel like I know what I want to do with my life. Sometimes it's like, man, I feel like I never really receive love in the ways that I give. And that emotional clarity is what reduces and alleviates some of the burden mm -hmm. just like a modality like breath does to regulate one's nervous system and i believe in breath and there's all types of modalities to calm the nervous system to get to a place of emotional clarity but the reason why the journaling and the awareness over what it is exactly emotionally that's bothering me is important is because with only having breath with no journal emotional clarity 
the only way you find peace is when you can stay breathing the whole time. <laughs> and sometimes it helps to resolve it intellectually as well as have the tool of being able to utilize the breath. So it's really both in and how they work together. So that's what helped me to overcome it in my life. And I believe that's an important reason why uh, uh, people should lean into that area of their life a little bit more because it's right. And I think the more everything. successful you get, the more anxiety you're up against. And so instead of just stuffing that down, actually facing it and doing some of these things, some of these tools that you teach from the big stage, right? Journaling, yeah. deep breathing, getting authentic, all of those different kinds of things. What was the trigger for you, Daryl, where you're like, I have found something. I've found something that saved my life. I found something that has allowed my family to breathe easy <laughs> with regards to me and those who love me. I'm not going to just keep this to myself. Um, and I'm going to get out there and share. I mean, you had anxiety for somebody who has that who and want to get on a big stage like that in, a, in itself could be a real mountain to overcome what gave you that courage and that determination because now you're a sought after speaker like how did you go from finding these solutions actually living these solutions and wanting to take it to a bigger stage scale oh there was two two ways number one uh people believed in me when i felt i didn't have a belief in myself so i noticed that when people would say you're a great leader um, and you're a really great speaker. And I would be like, no, I'm not. This is da 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 da. And I go into this freak out response about it. I started to instead trust, like maybe they see, maybe they're right. And maybe I am perceiving myself through the lens of my insecurities rather than is through the lens of who I really am. And what? it's. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's I had to trust that people were being truthful when they gave me these compliments. And maybe I was a better speaker than I thought. Maybe I was a better leader than I thought. Not that I was the best leader, but a better leader than I thought. So therefore, I just had a little bit more confidence, a little bit more self-esteem, a little bit more trust in myself. Mm -hmm. So some of the anxiety was actually coming from the resistance to mm. speak my truth, to be honest about what I wanted in life, to uh, choose the career path that mattered to me, to express the gifts that mattered to me, to say things online that I wouldn't normally say online, to be truthful, to be honest, to be bold, to be courageous. And that's what public speaking has always been about. Uh, that is what makes it more than a business and more than a way to generate revenue or clients or any of that. Uh, all that stuff is necessary because every ministry has means. But it's like what keeps us focused is the courage, is the why are we listening, is the what are we collectively doing in whatever industry that we're in, whatever path that each and every one of us is on. We all are better together, as cheesy as that sounds. And the more we can articulate our truth, our expression, our our, our measure, uh, the more uh, the fullness of, of the colors come together. Uh, mm. Short little story. I went to a TED Women conference this year um, because I just wanted to go and I wanted to support. And they had this big giant map of I think it was the state of Georgia. And I don't know what it was. It was. It might have been the world. I don't know. It was a big, giant map. And they had like 108 colors that you could choose from. And there was like zero instructions. It was just like, I think, take the marker, color, a spot or multiple on the map. And some people were like coloring it in. Some people were like writing initials and then coloring it in. And it just became this thing where the thousands and thousands of people that were there each kind of just followed their own gut instinct about where they wanted to color, what they wanted to color, which color they wanted to choose. <laughs> and it, at the end of it, it became so beautiful. Mm. So the more authentic each and every person was to 
I don't know. This is my favorite color. I don't know. This looks better next to the color that's on there. Whatever their rationale was, without judgment, without force, the the more beautiful the picture became. Mm. As it is with that picture, so it is with life every day in our communities. The more we live out this authentic expression of ourselves, the more colorful, vibrant, attractive, unique our communities become. And these are things that I see over and over. And there's places that are out there doing this marvelously and brilliantly. Um, and I'm just uh, ambassador of that message. Ah, oh, my gosh. There was so much that you said in there that was gorgeous. Um, and you're so right. I, I agree with you. Right. We cannot be an island unto ourselves. And when we are, it's everything goes gray. <laughs> it's, it's not as colorful and as beautiful and as impactful um, or as meaningful. Uh, all, all the great things in this world. I also wanted to dial back a little bit because you said um, you started off with something very profound that I never really looked at it this way. That anxiety can actually increase when you hold back from stepping into your more powerful being, right? Your, whether that's getting your voice out there. And for this audience, it is. Yeah. When, you, when you have that resistance yeah. <clears throat> to getting your voice out there, maybe on bigger stages or yeah. in platforms that you aren't super comfortable with, that in itself creates, the resistance itself creates anxiety and perpetuates that. Uh, I that was that was really telling, right? I think yeah. sometimes we say I have this thing, whether it's anxiety or whatever it is, so I can't do this other thing. When actually, by not doing it, you're creating, you're creating it. It's kind of reverse engineering. Yeah, totally. I know, man, and it's it, it, it's interesting to start to see that in our life and. At the same time, there's natural things with the body, too, that we can do, right? There's nutrition and what we, the foods that we're eating, the uh, TV that we watch, the um, people that we surround ourselves with, the uh, conversation that we have with ourselves in our head. All these things just affect our quality of life, regardless if we are in a mental health crisis or we are on a contributing spectrum and we are you know, doing a lot for companies and communities and, you know, family <laughs> and friends and nonprofits, all the things. It's everyone still needs to monitor that and steward the awareness in all areas of their life. Yes. Yeah. And that's uh, you're speaking to the choir here in this group. And I, <laughs> and I love it. So you have really mastered the art of vulnerability, weaving vulnerability and storytelling throughout your talks without, in a, in a place of real power, which is kind of a hard dance to dance. Um, you are a powerful looking human being. You're well built, you're handsome, you're strong, um, you're not, you know, some, some tiny cowering sort of human being. And so it might feel like, you know, I don't know, for, for, uh, if I get vulnerable, I'm going to relinquish this place of, of presence, right? But instead, you really utilize it in a way that captivates an audience and says, you know, I can relate. I can relate to Daryl. That's how I'm feeling, whether it's a woman, a man, someone who... Um, is at whatever stage of, of their life that they're in, physically, mentally, emotionally, they can relate to those real stories that you put through. How, was, did that come naturally? Did you study the craft? Like, how did you get that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I studied the craft and learned everything that I um, shouldn't do. <laughs> it, it's, it's like all of the craft that I learned was just a, another tool to keep me from being real. And it's like, why couldn't I be real? Well, it's because I have been rejected when I was real. Mm. And somewhere in my life where, you know, it's like people, people say to me all the time that I'm not an emotional person, right? 
and and they have all this reason and rationale. Oh, I've always been this way. Ask my who and who say and say this is this. I have nicknames. I'm not emotional. I don't cry at funerals. I don't, you know, like people say stuff like that, and it's like somewhere in their upbringing, there's usually a moment that they were emotional, whether that be sadness or a display of emotion around their gift. Maybe they were really excited and thought they could be an astronaut and someone laughed at them. They were rejected when there was an authentic expression in their upbringing. And because they didn't want to appear weak or sensitive to that person or in that situation, if it was environmental, then they closed that part of themselves and cut off because they said emotions are not safe. Mm. And then that created a trajectory of not being an emotional person. Well, how do I know that? Because that was me when I was younger and my uh, elders would spank me when I would get emotional. And then if I were to get more emotional because I'm getting spanked, they would say, you better stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. It mm. would be a threat. And as a young kid, I cut off my emotions. On top of that, I was a, a man and raised in a low-income community. I was predominantly black. And that was the culture was that men do not show weakness. Mm. And add on to top of that, that I was an athlete. So it was like, don't display weakness, be tough and overcome pain. So the level of emotional suppression that I had was keeping me from being authentic leader, speaker, uh, neighbor, friend, associate, coworker, and all the things that I then became an author. All those things came out of being more, giving myself more permission and having more courage to be and do what it is that I really want to be and do. I'm sure that that is something that grips an audience when you're in front of them, because you could get up there and act like you've always had it all together and you've had all these successes and who can relate to that, right? Somewhere along the line, life, life teaches us all to hide. All of us have had something that happens that say, hey, if you want to stay safe, hide this thing, right? Don't show it, whatever. Um, somehow in there, you got the message that if I keep going down that path, I'm never going to get well. I'm never going to live my greatest life. You figured it out for yourself. And I'm it's a journey, right? It's an evolution. We're so new level, new devil, <laughs> new level, new challenge. Um, we, we discover something, we unwrap something new in ourselves, but you've got it in that, that commitment to, to not be inauthentic and that commitment to allow a little bit of vulnerability to be seen has really, I think, been probably one, one of the greatest reasons why you're invited back to stages because you connect on that level with all different kinds of people who may have never been an athlete or have ne never really walked that side of your journey, but they have walked areas of that pain and, and you give them hope that they can actually get through that. So why do you think that there are certain people who will never understand, or at least they don't at this moment, they don't see why a there is safety and, and vulnerability, right? And maybe they they battle with that to the extent where they resist even speaking publicly because they're afraid of being found out. Like, what is it that can take somebody from that space to a more empowered space where they're they're fine with sharing some of the the harder things? That's a really good question. Um, I think if we were to pull the audience right now and say, hey, how many of you believe that vulnerability is a superpower? I think people would be like, oh, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, vulnerability is a superpower. Yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Right? And then there's going to be a 15% of the audience that's going to be like, 
no, vulnerability is for wimps. <laughs> okay, so let's we can deal with the 15% at some point. It's fine. They'll carve their way forward in life, but let's talk about the rest. Okay. So everyone will be like, yeah, vulnerability streaming. Okay. But then when you hear them talk about the execution of vulnerability, they, we talk about it like it's a tactic versus a way of life. It's We talk about it, we treat it as if it's a weakness and not as if it's a strength. When we cry, for instance, we say things like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We apologize for something that's strong. But we don't apologize when we say, hey, I got a promotion at work. We don't say, hey, I got a promotion. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because we think that promotion is worth celebrating, but not uh, vulnerability. So part of it is changing our response to vulnerability. And it's starting to happen. People are applauding it. Thank you for being real, honest, raw, authentic, vulnerable. Thank you. Um, it's us being comfortable with that new paradigm. You go as far as you talk a lot about vulnerable communication, which yeah. it almost feels like uh, oxym oxymoron in some in some senses, right? If you're going to get up there and share your brilliance and transform lives, um, you want you want to stand in a place of strength and power and not vulnerability. But I love what you just said that. Vulnerability is a superpower, especially when you want to get a powerful message across. So kudos to you. Like, how does somebody who doesn't even know what that means dive into that and even know? I do well, know as well, a speaker. Well, hold, well, hold on. Can I, can go, I, can go, I go, jump yeah. in? Because what you said was extremely powerful. I think it was a powerful question. How does someone who's never done that? Because I was that someone. I argued with my therapist and told them, <laughs> told them like, oh, I'm, I said I was an emotional person. I, in the beginning, I didn't even know how to describe my emotions. So I got the emotional uh, wheel by Robert Plucknick, I think his last name is. And so I used to go, when I feel overwhelmed, I used to go, huh. Is it overwhelmed or is it humiliated? Is it insecure? Is it anxious? Am I startled? Am I confused? Oh. <laughs> and then that, that helped me a so lot. So like that, that surface emotion wasn't what was really going on, I think is what you're saying. Right? Uh, you totally. Were... Totally. And, and even as a profession, what I could actually articulate and share with an audience became more powerful, more meaningful, more specific because I had language for it. So it was, it's all connected. And mm -hmm. I, I think if a person's just getting started, maybe they can start where areas where they feel the most fear, ask themselves why, where does that come from? Um, or ask themselves, hey, what is the life I really want to create? You know, where do I want to be emotionally, socially, financially, in my family or life thereof? It's, you know, what I really want. And, and asking that question is going to pull us into, you know, a deep connection with ourselves. So like an emotion of stage fright, right? That comes from somewhere. So understanding that's oh, yeah. really just a manifestation of something else. If you can deal with the something else, track that back to somebody who somebody you loved and adored and you said, I want to be an astronaut. And they said, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. Why are you even yeah. thinking that? <laughs> yeah. I have a practice that I use to overcome stage fright that I would give to people, but I think very little people would do it. And sometimes we have to examine ourselves because we say that we want things, but then when we're presented with solutions, we actually uh, become afraid of them. It's like, oh, I want to lose weight and I want to be in the best shape of my life, but not more than I actually want the, you know, the junk food and the things that I really know that put my body in the feeling that I don't really like long-term. So here's what it is, okay? Overcoming stage fright. If anyone dares to take on the challenge, maybe there's a few of 
us daring ones, I guess, as yeah, even Brene Brown says that daring to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I did. Um, I got a Google, uh, YouTube searched celebration music, celebration moment, crowd celebrating, a crowd celebrating and cheering. Okay. Got headphones that I could hear really clearly only the noise in my headphones, noise cancellation. Okay. So all I can hear is the music coming through. Then go in an office or in the backyard or to a park where there's a little bit of privacy and do a speech or say something that you really want to be heard about. Say something that you really believe in. Say something that really matters. And at the moment where you finish that exhaustion or that expression, turn on that celebration music and go, oh, yeah, and celebrate and celebrate. Because what it's going to do is change your reaction to being in full expression and power and strength and authenticity and vulnerability. It's like, or if what happens is you start to cry, go for it, snot it out, tear it out, do what you have to do. And then it's like, okay, now I have comfort with this, even in a social environment, perceivably, because there's an audience that's cheering for you, cheering for you, cheering for you. And that graduates into feeling those moments in front of audiences of five, 50. The number doesn't matter when you get that level of internal love for yourself. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is brilliant. And I, you, we've heard it dance like nobody's looking. I think that's the term. You just yep. explain that in such a vivid way in, yeah. in your in the Daryl Stinson way, right? Uh. <laughs> what courage that takes because we're not speaking for ourselves. It's almost selfish not to get our message out there because we're afraid of busting out and making a fool of ourselves or whatever it might be. We're holding back something that could change another person's life. So that practice that you just gave us is just like, forget about it. I'm very Italian. Forget about it. You don't need to worry about what people think. You just need to worry about what the message is. Get get past it, right? And get it out there no matter what. Um, that is brilliant. That's fun. I want to see a lot of people out there do, <laughs> doing just that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So what do you think? Um, I believe that the vulnerability piece is a big part of this, but what are some other factors that you think have, have attributed, contributed to the fact that your TEDx talks has millions of views, not just 500, not just 100,000, but millions of views? What is resonating? What are people after that can get that many people interested? I think people should just go watch the video and um, read, or if they don't want to watch the video, go read the comments first and then watch the video because the comments, the good majority of them, there's some, uh, you know, normal people in there. You know? <laughs> Not crazy. They're, they're, you know, I don't know what to call them. You know, there's some, there's some uh, mis- mischievous folks, but the majority of it is some really authentic feedback and, in gratitude or or what they resonated what resonated for them uh but typically um it's around these moments in their life where they felt like who they were being authentically wasn't enough to be liked or loved by other people and how they uh dim their light uh caged their belief questioned their personality from those moments And that conversation just has progressed. And I've been having the same conversation with audiences that I speak to in person to a degree. Because whether they watch the talk or not, they're going to hear similar stories and a narrative around a more authentic way to live and be and 
contribute in this world. Somehow you have turned your message into a movement, yes, through your TEDx talks, but through so much more, through your book and all the other ways that you get your voice out there. Tell me a little bit about that. What does it feel like to know that you've gotten over yourself, <laughs> you've, you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable, even just sometimes just standing on a stage, even if you don't share maybe some of the deeper things that have happened to you, just standing there. Um, and delivering any kind of messages it can make you feel a bit exposed and vulnerable. But what <clears throat> what do you think the, the main keys are that have, number one, driven you to take your message and make a movement, but that has actually resonated? Like you can have the idea to do that, but y- you've made it happen. Yeah. So the first thing that happened was um, we talked about uh, stage fright. And one of the things that I did was I became a teacher's assistant in um, a uh, public speaking class that was at the university that I was working for because I was able to take classes for nice. free. And all I had to do was pay taxes. Um, um, that was one of the perks of working there. And so I also um, became a teaching uh, assistant because I developed a relationship with the professor and he saw potential in me. So he would have me, you know, do assignments. And one of those things was to, uh, you know, see communication as something I'm doing. Sorry. sorry. Uh, See see, see communication as something that I'm doing (laughs) all the time. And not just something that I'm doing when I'm on a stage. So when I'm talking to my friends, I'm communicating. When I am sending an email, obviously I'm communicating. When I'm out at dinner, I'm communicating. When I call the customer service people, I'm communicating. And that started to reduce the anxiety because I would see moments where I was not fearful to speak my opinion, to laugh like I wanted to laugh, to communicate or say what I wanted to say. And that helped me to see opportunities to do that in the other areas, AKA from the stage itself. And so that was one of the things that um, I started to do more and more. So um, bring me back to your question. So your self-expression was actually part of your healing. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell me what has speaking other than knowing the fulfillment of knowing that you're transforming lives, what has it done for your life? What have these TED Talks and these these uh, speaking engagements done for your career, for your family, for you personally as a man? Man, I just want to say that there is a choice in here. It's like two paths, fork in the road. There's a path where you're performing and you've learned stagecraft and you learn how to tell compelling stories and give people three points and a call to action. And there's nothing wrong with that path, but that is a path. But then there's a path call it this other path. And that path is about uh, a deeper, authentic way of living. It's not about performing. It's about a passing on of one's legacy. When you think about famous people who you know of, but you've never met, what you remember about them is the story about the way that they lived and the lives that they served. And so speaking becomes a, a, a way of, of doing that in the world. And that's what it's always was in its inception. We told stories to pass on legacy in our cultures and beliefs in our family. And it's the same way. And so uh, when you say, what has it done for me? It has caused me to live in a more authentic, vulnerable, congruent way. And so that doesn't sound so poetic. I, I always tell this story. Um, to audiences, I say, hey, man, there was a time where I only knew to express anger because that was the only one I was used to as a man and all the story I told before. And so when I got married, when me and my wife used to argue, I always go into, man, ah, yeah, why are you talking to me like this? Ah, I'm yelling, I'm yelling, I'm yelling, right? And I'm in therapy one day and my therapist asked me, Daryl, it sounds like you were actually hurt, not angry. Is that true? And I said, mm-hmm. Huh, I guess so. She said, well, how about next time you feel this way about the situation in your marriage, you say something that's more truthful and authentic to you, which is that you're hurt instead of that you're angry. (laughs) 
And I said, okay, I'll try it. Sure. And so there goes, I don't know. It wasn't immediately, to be honest. It was like after three months of avoiding it, I finally decided in this heat of the moment to switch. And instead of being like, I hate the way you talk to me. You 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 always want it your way. Pick a place to eat. <laughs> I was like, sweetheart, it feels like my opinion doesn't really matter to you, and that hurts my feelings. And how she treated a person who was hurt by her is different than how she would treat a husband who was angry at her. And that made improved our relationship. And so wow. this this has practical. And I can tell you another story about my career or a speaking fee that I earned and how there was a connecting within that created this abundance without. And that's kind of the path of life in my opinion. Connecting within to create abundance without. That's a rider downer. Make a t-shirt. <laughs> That's really, really good, Daryl. And I, I love the, that illustration that you gave us with your wife because really our audiences are the same way. Right? You get out there and you're all, you're all amazing and you know you're amazing and you tell everybody how amazing you are. They're just going to kind of come up against that. Because <laughs> they may not be feeling so amazing right then. And the last thing you want is an amazing person telling you how amazing they are if you're not feeling that yourself, but when you get to the point where you switch the, the narrative and say, yeah, I've, I've accomplished a lot. I'm, I'm doing pr pretty darn good, but it wasn't always this way. Right. And these are some of the things that I had to overcome right. to get to where I am. And it's, and it's, and it's a continual journey. Uh, hopefully we never arrive because then that should be the last day on the album. What's, what's the rest of it for? Right. <laughs> right. 100%. So absolutely love. So that's on a, on a, on a psychological level, right? What about on a practical level? What has speaking done for, to boost your career? Okay. And, and okay. Given your I, just, I just want to phrase this because I get this a lot. And, and, and practical is that my relationship improved, is that I, I said an emotion that was authentic to me. That's very practical. Sometimes we mm -hmm. make things emotional feel like they're theoretical, but they're not. They're practical. It's feeling. It's almost it's like me saying, take your finger, touch your heart, or take your hand, touch your heart. It's like, oh, okay, that's practical. You can do that. Take your hand, put it over your heart. Ask yourself, how do you really feel? Get the emotion mm -hmm. wheel out. Look at the emotion wheel if you need help. And then start to say that in your relationships or conversations more more consistently. And that's practical. Mm -hmm. um, to answer your question around career uh, and the practical application within that, um, uh, you can look at something as simple as, okay, who is the people who I really want to impact in the world? Uh, there was a... a uh, growing evolution of that in my life. I started in the speaking industry as a marketing consultant because it was easier for me to write and, uh, and <laughs> than it was for me to speak. I used to be so afraid to speak in front of people. I used to fake like I had to go to the bathroom during icebreakers so that they would not you know, call on me to say my name and wherever I'm from. That's how much I hated it. And so... Um, every time I tell that story, I get caught in the emotion of it. I lose my train of thought. Help me, bring me back. Beautiful. No, I love that because there's so many of us that are that are in this audience right now, listening to you saying that's me. Like they they wanted when the spotlight's coming around the room, I find a way to to duck out, right? Yeah. And you found a way around that. So somehow you busted through that, and this is a major part of your business model and your career. Uh, and I would assume even your income, whether it's coming from the speaker or the audience. Mm -hmm. So how, what gave you that, that just to step on the other side and do it anyway, do it scared. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like I was doing it enough that I put enough pressure on myself to show up and keep doing it afraid. I, 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 oof. Oh my gosh, I hope the audience gets that. That's so important because there's things that we know we need to do. And if it only was one time we had to show up, we would do it. 
If I could just do it like quickly and tomorrow I'd do it. But if it's going to take me three months of showing up and facing that fear every single time, maybe not so much. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. So I, uh, I so many things. I, I hosted a speaker workshop that was free. And uh, it was a preaching boot camp back in the day. And I was training people to do service. I had a whistle. I was blowing it. <laughs> Every time they started to get on tangents, I'd be like, and off topic, stay focused, focus on the audience, focus on serving. Every time they shrink and get afraid and start like just making up stuff, I'd blow the whistle. And so um, I I had to show up for them. Uh, I would say yes to speaking at a high school because somebody asked or I would uh, be at a conversation with somebody and say, oh, I'm a speaker because I was kind of trying to do the thing, but not really doing the thing. And then they would allow me to speak. And so I started to just say yes to things so that I had to show up, even though I was definitely afraid. Like so many stories. Like I, I always tell the one of where I re- repeated or repeat, wrote my speech out word for word, recited it into a recorder and then left my headphones in to give people the appearance that I uh, forgot to take my headphones out and I hit play on the recorder and I started to recite what was coming through my headphones. And the problem is that I talk a lot faster than, you know, I read. And so I got off sync with the recording and I started to repeat sentences and do all this stuff. And so that was, I just had to keep showing up even though I was that nervous, even though I was that afraid. And from doing that over... <laughs> months and years you know that started to change me and especially the more I started to see people's lives being impacted because then it was like hold on a second the more I I, I grow the more I express the more I clarify the more I make this easier for people to feel or understand the more lives that are being changed, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is a dream that my story, that my insight could make a difference in people's lives that I talk to. <gasps> Breath so away. good, Daryl. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Say yes so that you have to show up. Yes. Right? You say yes, you have to show up. Do it. Scrappy's the new perfect. I don't think any of us relate to perfection anymore. We don't, I don't want to, I want to learn from an authentic human being, right? I want to glean and be transformed by an authentic human being, not somebody who, who has everything together and has all the answers. So if you had never done that, Daryl, yeah. we'll, we'll start winding it down. But if you had never had the courage or even the insight to do that, how different would your success look like right now, your income look like right now, your family, your lifestyle? How different would all of that look for you right now? Wow. That's a really powerful question. Um, I'd be happy. I feel like we always can find happiness in, in our comfort zone. I I I'd have money in my savings account. I'd own probably a home and maybe a rental property. I'd go to my kids' softball games and plays at school. I'd speak at high schools and volunteer at local organizations. Deep down inside, deep down inside, something would be missing. I would be living with that. Not sharing it with too much of anyone because why talk about something that is just a dream? What a contrast. What a contrast to see where you are right now because you had that courage. And I love that you said, hey, I'd still have a life. I'd still, I'd still be find some happiness in that. I would. 
but your gut would know, right? Your heart would know yeah. that you're holding back. I know. And, and that. So it, good. That, my, my friend is a mental health crisis. <laughs> we brought it full circle. We brought it full circle. That, that living in that is a mental health challenge. Because mm-hmm. I know there's more in me. Uh, yes. Okay. Yay! Yeah. So powerful. Okay, I know that a good number of those who are with us right now are resonating with you, and they want to know, where do I find Daryl Stinson? I know they could just Google your name, number one, and your links will be down below. Tell us a little bit about your book and some of the ways that you work with people. Yeah, so um, find me at Stinson Speaks, S-T-I-N-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S. Hit me up if you want to come to TEDx events or you want to speak. Hit me up if um, my message inspires you and you are like, oh, I'm a speaker too. Like I'm, I'm open for conversations, connections, collaborations, all the things. Um, and uh, my book, man, uh, my book, Who Am I After Sports? You know, I'm re- re- relaunching it this week. Bam. See that? Who am I um, after sports? New, yeah. new cover coming out. Okay. It, it helps you with purpose, discovery, transition, hear about my story. Man, this, is, this book has changed so many lives. It's been out for... I don't know, three years or so. And it's, it's continues to just impact lives all the time. So new cover coming out there for those on video, you can't see it, but it's, it's, it's a whole new, whole new announcement, whole new expression in the world. So, uh, man, grab it from Amazon. And more importantly, if you wanted to go towards athletes and transition, grab it when you, from our websites. Okay. Um, so sure. What is your website? I'll make sure to have the link in the description. Yeah, just, but go, is it- just go to my yes. socials. You'll see all of it. Just click the links in my socials. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Or joestinson.com <laughs> is my website. So it's all good. Um, so yeah, okay. so that's, that's, that's coming out, man. I'm hosting events, uh, every four to six weeks. Uh, there's no door price. And if you want to grow in this articulation in your storytelling, booking more stages, uh, making more impact, that type of thing. Come out to the event. It's a blast. Uh, you know, RSVP, uh, we usually cut registration at about 15 people because we want it small and intimate and safe and uh, fun. Mm, so, so come on out, check that out. It's all in the socials. We talk about it all Are the those time. on location or? Yeah, on location. Are some of those, uh, virtual or? <laughs> on location, unless people have. Things. Where at? Uh, uh, usually in Nashville, um, sometimes Atlanta, but most times in Nashville. So the next one's in Nashville. Um, and then we've got, we've got them in Atlanta. We've got them in California. We're planning them in other places. So, you know, just nice. Just, Worth the trip, wherever it is. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, we could charge tens of thousands if we wanted to for some of these things, but it's just like, Hey, help people serve people. You'll work with the people who you're meant to work with. The world will grow and, and we, all the ch- champions and movement leaders and 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 thought leaders and innovators and collaborators will continue to grow and advance and serve others. So, mm. yes. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Yes. I want to come. Come. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Come on. That would be so much fun. So awesome. Okay, so this show is Speak Packed. And one of the things we do is we make a pact together to get out there, get our voices heard and impact in the, the, the way that we only can, right? I can, I can have your exact script, Daryl, and I will never touch the people the way you are going to touch them with your stories and who you are. You're going to have my exact script, right? And only we can, can get our messages across in the way that we get them across. So those who hold back their voices actually hold back transformation in countless lives, right? So what is your pact with this audience? What is your challenge to this audience to uh, that you want them to make a pact with you that they'll go out there and they'll do? Live more vulnerably. Uh, stand more powerfully and laugh along the way. I'd say... 
Pinky promise. Ooh, I love that. Live more. Live more vulnerably. Stand more powerfully. And laugh along the way. That's beautiful. I want the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of t-shirts. A lot of t-shirts today. We're gonna start. We're gonna start a uh, swag store, guys. There we go. There we <laughs> Live go. more vulnerably, stand more powerfully, and laugh along the way. Yes. We said it. There we go. There we go. Okay, I take the challenge. Let's do it. Thank you, Daryl. This has been tons of fun. Incredibly insightful. I hope you'll allow me to ask you back at some point because I know we've only just touched the surface. Uh, your powerhouse. Thank you for bringing your wisdom to us. Oh, thank you so much. I hope everyone found something that they could take away and take five minutes to think about one action that they can take to change their life. Yeah, do it. Do it for sure. If they were awake, they took some things away. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's just implementing those things. (laughs) Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you soon. Take care. Ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Speak Pact podcast. To become a recommended speaker of Antoniet's WPC Speaker Agency, or you are a host or planner looking for a dynamic expert in optimized performance, Antoniet would like to personally meet with you. Secure a time with her at speakerbooker.com. Again, that is speakerbooker.com. It all begins with a vision, a voice, and a pact to impact. Join the Speak Pact movement by joining our new private Facebook group at the link in our show notes. Find us on nearly every social media platform at One Antoniet. That's number one, A-N-T-O-N-I-E-T-T-E, or simply hashtag Speak Pact.